Good afternoon and welcome back to the next chapter of George's Marvellous Medicine. <laughs> and it's called A Crane for Grandma. Oh my goodness me. So let's see what happens. So, Grandma, from high up on the rooftop, could see everything that was going on. And she didn't like what she saw. She wanted to be the centre of attention. And nobody was taking the slightest notice of her. George and Mr Cranky were running round and getting excited about the enormous animals. Mrs Cranky was washing up in the kitchen and Grandma was all alone on the rooftop. Hey yo! she yelled. George! Get me a cup of tea this minute, you idle little beast! Oh, don't listen to the old goat, Mr Cranky said. She's stuck where she is and a good thing too. But we can't leave her up there, Dad, said George. What if it rains? George, Grandma yelled. Oh, you horrible little boy. You disgusting little worm. Fetch me a cup of tea at once. And a slice of currant cake. Oh, we'll have to get her out, Dad, George said. She won't give us any peace if we don't. Mrs Cranky came outside and she agreed with George. She is my own mother, she said. She's a pain in the neck, Mr Cranky said. I don't care, Mrs Cranky said. I'm not leaving my own mother sticking up through the roof for the rest of her life. So, in the end, Mr Cranky telephoned the crane company and asked them to send their biggest crane out to the house at once. The crane arrived one hour later. It was on wheels and there were two men inside it. The crane men climbed up onto the roof and put ropes under Grandma's arms. And then she was lifted right up through the roof. In a way, the medicine had done Grandma good. Uh, it had not made her any less grumpy or bad-tempered but it did seem to have cured all her aches and pains. And she was suddenly as frisky as a ferret. <clears throat> as soon as the crane had lowered her to the ground, she ran over to George's huge pony, Jack Frost, and jumped onto its back. This ancient old hag, who was now as tall as a house, then galloped about the farm on the gigantic pony, jumping over trees and sheds and shouting, Out of my way! Clear the decks! Stand back, all you miserable midgets, or I'll trample you to death! And other silly things like that. 
But because Grandma was now much too tall to get back into the house, she had to sleep that night in the hay barn with all the mice and the rats. <laughs> she looked like a giant stick insect. Now, because this that chapter is only little, I'm going to read the next chapter, which is called Mr. Cranky's Great Idea. OK, so here goes. The next day, George's father came down to breakfast in a state of greater excitement than ever. I've been awake all night thinking about it, he cried. About what, Dad? George asked him. About your marvellous medicine, of course. We can't stop now, my boy. We must start making more of it at once. Maybe more and more and more. The giant saucepan had been completely emptied the day before because there had been so many sheep and pigs and cows and bullocks to be dosed. But why do we need more, Dad? George asked. We've done all our own animals and we've made Grandma feel as frisky as a ferret, even though she does have to sleep in the barn. <gasps> My dear boy, cried Mr Killy Cranky. We need barrels and barrels of it. Tons and tons. Then we will sell it to every farmer in the world so that all of them can have giant animals. We will build a marvellous medicine factory and sell the stuff in bottles at five pounds a time and we will become rich and you will become famous. Oh, but wait a minute, Dad, George said. Oh, there's no waiting, cried Mr Cranky, working himself up so much that he put butter in his coffee and milk on his toast. Don't you understand what this tremendous invention of yours is going to do to the world? Nobody will ever go hungry again. Why won't they? asked George. Because one giant cow will give 50 buckets of milk a day, cried Mr Cranky, waving his arms. One giant chicken will make a hundred fried chicken dinners and one giant pig will give you thousands of pork chops. Oh, it's tremendous, my dear boy. It's fantastic. It'll change the world. But wait a minute, Dad, George said again. Don't keep saying wait a minute, shouted Mr Cranky. There isn't a minute to wait. We must get cracking at once once. Do calm down, my dear, Mrs Cranky said from the other end of the table, and stop putting marmalade on your cornflakes. <gasps> the heck with my cornflakes, cried Mr Cranky, leaping up from his chair. Come on, George, let's get going, and the first thing we'll do is make one more spoonful as a test, saucepanful as a tester. But, Dad, said little George, the trouble is, oh, there won't be any trouble, my boy, cried Mr Cranky. How can there possibly be any trouble? All you've got to do is put the same stuff 
into the saucepan as you did yesterday. And while you're doing it, I'll write, da write down each and every item. That's how we'll get the magic recipe. But Dad, George said, please listen to me. Why don't you listen to him, Mrs Cranky said. The boy is trying to tell you something. But Mr Cranky was too excited to listen to anyone except himself. And then, he cried, when the new mixture is ready, we'll test it out on an old hen just to make absolutely sure we've got it right. And after that... We'll all shout hooray and build the giant factory. But, Dad, come on then, what is it you want to say? I can't possibly remember all the hundreds of things I put into the saucepan to make the medicine, George said. Of course you can, my dear boy, cried Mr Cranky. I'll help you. I'll jog your memory. You'll get it in the end. You see if you don't. Now then, what was the very first thing you put in? Well, I went up to the bathroom first, George said. Um, I used a lot of things in the bathroom and then on to Mummy's dressing table. Come on then, cried Mr Killy Cranky. Up we go to the bathroom. When they got there, they found, of course, a whole lot of empty tubes and empty aerosols and empty bottles. That's great, said Mr Cranky. That tells us exactly what you used. If anything is empty, it means you used it. So Mr Cranky started making a list of everything that was empty in the bathroom. Then they went to Mrs Cranky's dressing table. A box of powder, said Mr Cranky, writing it down. Helga's hair set? Flowers of turnips perfume. Oh, terrific. This is going to be easy. Where did you go next? To the laundry room, George said. But are you sure you haven't missed anything out up here, Dad? Well, that's up to you, my boy, Mr Cranky said. Have I? Um, I don't think so, George said. So down they went to the laundry room and once again, Mr Cranky wrote down the names of all the empty bottles and cans. My goodness me, what a mass of stuff you used, he cried. No wonder it did magic things. Is that the lot? Oh, no, Dad, it's not, George said. And he led his father out to the shed where the animal medicines were kept and showed him the five big empty bottles up on the shelf. Mr Cranky wrote down all their names. Anything else? Mr Cranky asked. Little George scratched his head and thought and thought but he couldn't remember having put anything else in. Mr Killy Cranky leapt into his car and drove down to the village and bought new bottles and tubes and cans of everything on his list. He 
He then went to the vet and got a fresh supply of all the animal medicines George had used. Now, show me how you did it, George, he said. Come along, show me exactly how you mixed them all together. <gasps> wow. <laughs> now, do you think there was anything there that he forgot? <sighs> I think he might have forgotten brown paint. What do you think? <laughs> anyway, let's wait until tomorrow and then we'll find out if he did forget anything or if the, the medicine number two is the same as medicine number one. So I will see you all again tomorrow, but make sure that you take care and stay safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye for now.